In April 2020, just as the global pandemic was kicking off, Lawrence and I started recording our weekly Friday Firesides. These are conversations broadcast live over the Crowdcast platform and joined by people all over the world who listen in and share their thoughts with us via the chat. We started these live recordings as an opportunity to keep in touch with our members, as well as process what it meant to run a business during a pandemic. Since then, we've broadcast nearly every single Friday and built up a library of over 100 episodes. We cover a range of different topics from money to meaning, pricing to purpose, vision to vulnerability, entrepreneurship to empathy, and product design to life design. This is our perspective of what it means to do business from the inside out, as well as the outside in. If you're a business hippie just like us, then you'll definitely find something of value here. We hope that these conversations inspire and motivate you to do work and build businesses that create meaningful change without burning out. Because like us, you're just wanting to make money, do good and be happy. As far as you know, there's no James Victoria tribute act out there who's also hoping to make money out of being James Victoria. Yeah, I haven't heard anything yet. Someone at our summer camp, this event that we run annually, talked about the motherfucker effect and, and this whole drop the mic kind of boom, this is me. And, and I think it takes balls uh, or uh, courage if you don't have balls, <laughs> strength, some real st- conviction and clarity. And that's why I'm hoping through this conversation we're going to help people cultivate that. When you say that, my only, my only cringe is it better be fucking real. Hmm. You better not be just posing because that's bullshit. You got to follow yeah, through. Exactly, exactly, and um, uh, that speaks for me. Speaks to this idea of authenticity, and that coming from a place of real, well, my eyes, self awareness. You know why you're doing it because you know who you are. I think one of the thing that things that struck me, even the way you describe yourself as as helping people do work they love and get paid for it. Yeah, it it takes a um, clarity about who you are and what you can bring to the world, and so. I was curious about your journey to that clarity. What is it that you helped you understand? Actually, this is me and this is what I do and this is why I do it. Um, You know, uh, Carlos, I got very, I got lucky very early and lucky by lucky. I mean, I'm an action guy. I do shit, right? I don't wait. And early in my, we'll call it a career, you know, back when I was kind of just starting out, I always just drew on everything. I always got in trouble for drawing on things and painting. I draw on, you know, my myself. I draw on everything. And when I was a kid, I drew on my jeans. And I'm, but um, when I moved to New York to go to art school, I had to have a I had to have a job, a couple jobs. And the first job I had it was in a ski shop because I I was a skier. I was a national ski patrol. My dad had a ski shop, um, and it was a big ski shop. And they had these little post-it notes with the, the logo on it. And I used to just on like off times, I used to just like hang out in the shop and I would like just draw on them and do little cartoons and funny little things. And I'd stick them up places <laughs> and people really responded to them. People collected them, kept them. That was the time when I was going to art school and working at the ski shop at the same time. So that was tough, but then art school kicked me out and I was like, oh, shit, I got to get a, a, a J-O-B. A couple years, a couple, like a year or whatever later, I was, I was capable of getting a 
a real J-O-B, a real job in a publishing house, big publishing house in New York, Simon & Schuster. And I did, kept doing the same thing, putting little signs everywhere. And to this day, there are people who have framed in their, like these little post-it notes in their house. So I was like getting early on, I was getting the feedback that what I wanted to say and how I wanted to say it and my sense of humor, dark or whatever, had resonance. When I started working as a designer and started making book jackets, I, of course, completely forgot that because I'm like, this is this is work. This is I'm supposed to be professional. You know, I'm supposed to make books look like books, which is now what I call making the obvious look obviouser. It's like, how do I lend an air of mediocrity (laughs) (laughs) to this project? Right. So I got lucky early on that I just was putting my voice out in different forms. And the way a designer does, which is you put it out and you don't have to stand. It's like, I'm not a busker. I'm not singing on the corner. I'm not a stand-up comedian right in front of people. I'm like, I put it up and I walk away. Or I publish a book and it gets put out all over the place. And I don't have to be there. But I got to the way I realized there was some um, possibility of getting paid to be James Victory early on. And then I started making posters. And the posters started blowing up and appearing all around the world and getting into museums. And I'm like, oh, okay, man, this is something real. (laughs) (laughs) So now I'm trying to keep that. I'm I'm trying to maintain that. And I'm trying to help other people get there, get that Mm -hmm. feeling, understand that, uh, apply it out in their lives, take that level of courage. You know, I was on stage in Barcelona just a month ago, a month and a half ago, and I used the word encouragement. I want to encourage people. And I was like, it, it hit me on stage. I'm like, oh, my God, the root of encouragement mm-hmm. is courage with a with a prefix and a suffix. I it was like, it would, it, I'm, a, I'm a boob. It never hit me before. I'm like, yeah, we need that. Mm-hmm. For me, I was just I was young and I was stupid. That 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 that's a, a different form of courage. That's a courage through obliviousness. Yeah. Yeah. This level of flippancy, too. I was just trying to be funny. I wasn't it wasn't real. It wasn't for the money. So it was easier. Sorry, so for the... no, no. I just it was a quick question about that early design part of your career. Whether you felt like you played it safe early on in those early days designing book jackets. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. To the point where I, when I first, when I first failed out of or got kicked out of university and first started doing book jackets, I was making book jackets look like book jackets. I was mm. playing it safe. And here's the devil: it paid well. I bought, I was wearing silk suits. I bought my first motorcycle cash. And then after like two years to three years of being in publishing and making, you know, getting a little bit of a name and working for all the big New York publishers, I said, you know, I have my own way of seeing my own sense of style, my own sense of design, my own sense of color, of timing, of humor. And I started putting that in my work. And my work dropped off. Mm. Clients weren't interested. So I had to do the only sane thing, which was I had to say, fuck you. <laughs> and I had to go look for my clients, the clients mm-hmm. that I would work with. And then I started making seminal work. Then I started making the, 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 the good, what I think of as the good or meaningful or important work of mine. And then they found you. Uh, and then they came, then, then what happens is it comes back around. Yeah. Then, then all of a sudden like Yoji Yamamoto finds you and Electro Records finds you and, you know, like uh, MailChimp and Sony and that kind of stuff. When you start, you know, when you start saying, this is me. I heard at the beginning this idea of feedback, feedback from the world. 
particularly when you're saying you're putting the post-it notes everywhere and, and people were liking them and enjoying them more. You were getting some kind of response or reaction. A response. Let's just say that. It's neither, mm-hmm. neither good nor bad. Let's just say response. Yeah. Which entails putting stuff in the world in order to get a response. Mm-hmm. And what I heard you say before was, like Lawrence called it, naivety, obliviousness, just youthful enthusiasm. You were happy to put stuff into the world. It didn't really matter, it seemed to you, what response you got. And then you talked about courage and encouragement. And so for those who know that cognitively, you know, you're not going to get feedback unless you get the idea out of your head. But for some reason, it just stops. I don't. Uh, so, yeah. Someone who isn't an action guy. Yeah. Any thoughts around or uh, have you had experience of helping and encouraging someone? Oh, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's all we do is, is deal with that all the time. And it's just dealing with, it's dealing with the fear. You know, here's the thing. The first line effect perfection says that we're all born wildly creative, but some of us forgot. And those of us who have not forgotten, we are capable, we're still wildly creative. We wake up every morning and go, you know what? I'm really good at with, with, with my camera, or I'm really good with the, the camera on my phone. I bet I could make a living. I bet I, I'm going to go just, I like photographing. Doesn't matter. Dogs, flowers, doesn't matter. I'm going to do this thing. And then the second thought is, is it any good? Will they like it? What do I charge? How do I get it? Blah, blah, blah. Will they like me? All those, all the self-doubt. And the self-doubt comes from all those pre-recorded voices in our life. All the pre-recorded lo- voices, the teacher that told you, yeah, you know, there's no money in it. The, the parents who didn't support it. The uncle who said you can't make a living writing poems, right? All these, all these lies, fucking lies. There's zero reason you can't make it. Well, no, there's one reason, your fear. You can't get over that. You can't get over that hump. And getting over that hump is just action. Mm. It's just practice. It's just do it. There's going to be resistance. We've got a podcast, a weekly podcast that we do. We're recording one tomorrow. And um, the question is from a, from a friend of mine, and he just lost his job. And he said, you know, he said, how do you know, how do you, how do you regain confidence when life is so uncertain? And I'm, and, I, and I'm, I'm answering the question and, and I'm like, I, I say, you know, this thing about life being uncertain, it is. So just fucking accept that. It is uncertain. The, 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 your future will be written when you fucking write it. You know, you create the future. You don't want uncertainty? Create it. Create what you want. There's going to be resistance. There's going to be your own resistance through fear. Or when you start doing that, the first line of resistance is your friends and family saying, you know, oh, I see you're doing that now. And, and it's because they're not doing it. It's because they're incapable of getting over that hump. It's because your boldness, your audacity threatens them. So you got to not listen. And just move on. We got to move. We got to move. Got to do that thing. And you're going to get good at it. I don't get resistance anymore. I don't really get haters. And it's because, one, people expect something different from me. And two, I'm probably not pushing hard enough. (laughs) (laughs) There's that interesting thing um, around 
the fear of being rejected or hated. Um, Who cares? Well, this is yeah, because on one hand, you you know, it sounded like with the Simon Schuster job and the the bland book covers, it made money, and so on. In a sense, it creates a sense of safety and security because oh, I got money in the bank. Um, and I'm, I'm alluding to a question that uh, a friend of ours, Lan, was asking uh, around how do you balance the love of what you do versus a secure, safe corporate job? <clears throat> and so there's this idea of safety and there's this need to essentially allow to birth whatever is birthing inside you, which is tinged with a sense of vulnerability and fear because that may be rejected or hated. There's a couple of different ways to approach this. One, the way you presented it sounds like two boats, creativity and what you were born to do, comfort and security. Okay, you got a foot on both boats. What do you think is going to fucking happen? You're going to get wet. You're going to fucking fail. If you have a, I've got a fallback plan, you're screwed because you will go to that fallback plan because you will always seek comfort and security. That's the trap. Comfort and security will kill you because if you choose it, you will constantly, every year you will wake up and go, ah, yeah. Or you're going to look on your social media and go, oh yeah, these people are doing it. I do that. I was looking at my friend Brian Ray today. He's got a new book out and I'm like, ah, bitch, really? <laughs> you just, you just keep going. You just keep, you know, <laughs> yeah, the comfort and security is a trap. That's the thing. Yeah. And, and we're, and we're, and talk about the cliche <laughs> of like ugly buildings or shitty restaurants or whatever the cliche, the mediocrity, that is a cliche. That is one of those ugly, mediocre aspirations that we're supposed to want. So there's something here around being scared that some people might reject you or hate you. They will. Sense of security. And yeah, so, and it's that thing is like. They will, but so what? That's the purpose. That's their purpose. It's a test. It's a test of how much you want it. That's okay. That's what I was going to mention. You talked a lot about this in the book. This, I don't want to call it sacrifice, but ultimately, what are you willing to compromise on, right? If you want to commit to a path, a creative path, what are you willing to. Do you know. What are you willing to let go of? So. So, so J.K. Rowling, you know, Harry Potter, when the first book came out, she was mm-hmm. in, a, in an interview and they said, Miss Rowling, when you wrote Harry Potter, first of all, it took her like, you know, years to, 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 to write it and then to get it published. They said, they said, when you were writing Harry Potter, you were a single mom. How did you, how did you do that? And she said, we lived in squalor. And that's the fucking price. For some people, that's the price. And if you can understand that, if you can modify your life, if you can, if you can get rid of your creature comforts, because you can't have both. I have whittled my life down to something very simple, and I'm ju- trying to be able to just focus on spreading the love. It's just focus on helping people. Just focus on my podcast and the course that we have available and just do a really good job and just making i'm just making notes on and 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 doing some jottings on a new book like i'm trying to simplify my life so i can pay attention to my wife and my kids i don't want i don't need a lot of comfort and security you know i don't live in squalor yet but you know how much do you want it it's all it's all a test and it's okay 
there's also something you said in the book which I totally resonate with, which I would argue I say quite a lot, which I think for those people that go through a lot of this, it's almost like a binary choice, right? Either I, I'm the responsible adult and I look after my kids and provide, or I go down this selfish creative route, which is all about me. I think one thing you alluded to in the book was this idea that actually you being happy, fulfilled, creative, what's that like? What's the ripple effects of that to the people around you? What is that? What's the cost of not doing that? The last thing you want to be is responsible and reasonable. <laughs> the last thing you want to be is, uh, is, is one of those adults, really. I'm, I take care of my kids. I'm a fucking good father. I'm a good supporter. And I have this other stuff. It's the thing is, the thing is, is like we make a certain amount of money doing our sa- in our safety with our safety features on, right? And comfort. If we really, truly gave our creativity a shot, it could pay. It could, it can and will pay its way. That's what it's for. That's why it's in us. Not so we can paint on the weekends and not show them to anybody. We can, even in our responsible adult life, we can start looking at our life, looking at our schedule, looking at, looking at our time and start planning it out and say, you know what, universe? You know what, James, you know what, universe, you know what, Shannon, you know what, you know, children, I am going to start devoting an hour a day. I'm going to get up an hour, going to go up in that room, leave me alone. I'm doing this, you know, like start, start paying attention to your creativity. Start letting it evolve. Start putting it out into the world. Is it going to, most of us, the problem is we want things in a week. I know that. I've been through so many projects where I'm like, I have it done. I put out a post. Nothing happened. I guess I'll go do something else, right? We have to keep, you got to keep going. You know, when, when Feck Perfection came out, my book editor said, she said, you know, the numbers say that people have to see the cover seven times before they buy it. And I'm like, what kind of craziness is that? But, you know, the, 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 the bean counters, you know, they count, they count those things and they figure out what, what it takes for, for, for human beings to act on something. You know, so when we send out newsletters, my, you know, I get unsubscribe, unsubscribe, unsubscribe all the time. But, you know, I'm like, I'm like, whatever, I don't need you. You're not my audience, obviously. I'm not going to care. Hmm. You know, most people are like, oh, there are people that are unsubscribing. What's happening? People are unsubscribing because you're doing your job. You know, the first email they don't, they didn't see. The second email um, they read and forgot about. This third email, you know, uh, got into spam. The fourth, you know, like, like you've got to keep, we have to keep going and we have to risk not being liked or being annoying or being whatever. That's part of the process. I sense the, there's an upside to this, of course, to not being liked by some people. Is it's all upside, maybe it's all upside. loved by others. That's the thing. It's like we don't we don't concern ourselves with the other side. Yeah, it's like it's like, but I might fail. If you keep bringing that yeah. up, you will fail. If mm-hmm. you keep relying on that, you will fail. It feels to me like you've got this kind of like flatlining. You doing the, and I'm guilty of this in my early career as well, like doing vanilla kind of work just to appease people, but you mm-hmm. don't get the kind of extreme um, reactions, good or bad. Correct. Versus correct. like putting your heart on the line and going, actually, this is me and there's collateral damage, i.e. some people fall off, but then the ones that love you really love you for who you are. Yeah. Yes. And and what happens is you will um, steadily build that that love, that audience. 
that's that's how it works. Um, and the way you build an audience is by is by sharing your voice, is by having an opinion. And the way you craft that audience is that some of them are going to fall off, and that's fine. We can't concern ourselves with that. They don't really hate us. We're just not. We challenge them. I mean, part of my gig is that I challenge people, and a lot of people don't want to be challenged. I'm like, well, okay, keep your crappy job. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so on the the topic of challenge, then. Um, I have a question for you that is uh, maybe a little bit of a challenge, and see challenge. see how we can we can we can answer this question. Is <laughs> comfort and security a privileged position, one that may be less available to those whose society considered to be outside the mainstream? No, no. Again, how much do you want it? There are countries where commercial design is under you know uh, under budgeted underserved where the only potential is to work in shitty advertising agencies there are they, there are those it is hard it is harder in other places yes in in the states is it easier yes but all i'm talking about is human nature that's our drive that's our drive you can follow through on it or you cannot yeah i got a i got someone who wrote in we had a long conversation back and forth through facebook i think it was who who called me out about the the privilege thing and i'm like yeah i know it's really difficult in some places it is i remember i remember i saw a show um i was judging a competition in uh in switzerland or something and there was a there were a couple of small posters you know the swiss they make these huge freaking you know and the french and they're like them huge things and there were a couple of small little pieces and the judges were like well it's not really a poster it's not really of size and you know and i was like dude do you know where this is from this is a central american country fuck you judge the content judge the words judge the ideas don't be a snob mm. they're getting the word out by any means necessary there's an element of commitment commitment to the work commitment to the practice always turning up and then also i think seeking others i think you say something around who are your medicine who can hold you or who aren't the haters who are maybe yeah. the collaborators or the cheerleaders mm -hmm. that can keep you on that path even though it's hard Mm -hmm. And I was wondering, you know, for us, very much at the heart of our work is community. And I was curious about how that played into your thoughts and ideas of following these kind of very creative alternative paths. Yeah, we, it's really difficult to do it alone. Nay, impossible mm -hmm. to do it alone, especially, you know, if you are in Saskatchewan or you're like in, you know, British Columbia or if you're, you know, someplace besides New York or mm -hmm. L.A., right? Mentors. And the people you look up to, reach out to them, ask questions, be curious. People like that. People want that. People are like, oh, wow, that's really sweet of you. You might reach a jerk who doesn't answer or who doesn't, you know, who answers and says, wah, 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 wah. it's fine. Even if people write me, like, if I don't respond, that's because I'm busy. Mm -hmm. That's it. Don't take it mm -hmm. personal. They just Come need back. six more, six more emails. <laughs> um, yeah, keep going. I think it's important to say, like, just don't take it personally. Like you said, something else might be going on at the other end. What is the expression? We're all walking each other home, right? You know, when I was just starting out as a as a designer, I worked out of this studio in um, in Carnegie Hall, and downstairs from Carnegie Hall was this little pub, 
It was a little like a Blarney Stone, a real local, real locals place in Midtown Manhattan, but a real locals place. And I would go there and drink in the afternoons. And um, the guys who drank there were all like um, cops, off-duty cops and sanitation workers, because it was like four o'clock was they when their shift changed or something. So it was cops and sanitation workers in this tiny little bar. These guys were geniuses. They were politically astute, culturally hip, bitingly funny. And I thought, God damn, these guys could be, any one of them could be Seinfeld or could be a designer or could be a, a Tom Wolf. And if you ask them, hey, you know, you're pretty funny. I think you should be on stage. I think you should, I think you should write, these, write these things down that you say. I think that they go, oh, nah, not me. Nah, it's just something I do. It's, all, you know, I can't do it around a wife, you know. <laughs> you know, we just like <laughs> shit on our gift. That reminds me this morning, Claire Perry-Louise, she runs a sister community, I like to call them, called Like-Hearted Leaders. Uh, a little exercise that she got us to do was around bragging. Yeah. You know, spend some time bragging about yourself mm. uh, and having, you know, being in the UK, that isn't something that comes naturally no. to <laughs> British people. No, you guys don't like that. <laughs> And so there's something yeah. important here around for personally as well as in terms of publicity that I'm hearing in terms of like why why shit on yourself? Who do you who do you who do you think you are? Yeah. <laughs> How dare you upstart? <laughs> <laughs> is that your best King Charles accent? <laughs> this is my this is my my Downton Abbey uh, <laughs> influence. That's excellent. Yeah, get people to brag. Um um, yeah, I do that too. When the, when I have coaching clients, I, you gotta, you gotta practice this. You gotta mm. practice this. It's not a bad thing. It's just saying, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm pretty good. So what I do is I'm, I'm no yeah. different than Napoleon Hill or, or Emerson or Rumi, right? I mean, we all have the same, the same ideas. I just make them funny. <laughs> so it goes like this. <clears throat> do you know why James Victory is a sexy motherfucker? <laughs> Because I say so. That's it. And because I say so, all of a sudden, other people start believing that. But unless you believe it, it ain't going to happen. So we need to pra start practicing those things. And, you know, of course, that I'm like jumping off the, the bragging bridge right there, right? I mean, you know, that's a big one. But you, we have to start doing that. I used to have this, I got this friend, uh, Josh Davis, um, and we would go to, uh, we get invited to these parties that are like the uh, entrepreneurs from like Shopify and the 99U and Adobe and all these like, you know, all these kind of famous people, Brene Brown, that kind of shit would, you know, all these people would be there. And Josh would be, was able to walk up into it, like just a group of people talking. You know, there's just a group of people talking and Josh would go up, go walk into the crowd and go, hey, I'm Josh Davis. I'm kind of a big deal. And I'm like, <laughs> wow, I, I can't do that. <laughs> I'm like, I like walk in, I get an elbow in. And I'm like, um, hi, hi, James. <laughs> the question that, that springs to mind around that is, am I, am I allowed to take up space? Really? That's a question? Wow. Of course. That's what you're here for. You're doing it already. You know, I didn't have a rough upbringing, but my father was pretty tough, you know? Uh, and I remember, because I've got like little kids in school now, and I remember my father always telling me, he says, you know what you're taking up in school? Time and space. Ah, 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 ah. 
<laughs> right? Like I was a nobody. But to have that question, are you allowed? Yeah. Yeah. And you got to, but here you got to ask yourself the more important question. Again, those pre-recorded voices. I think it was Jung, Carl Jung, who said, unless we make our subconscious conscious, it will direct our lives. And we will call it fate. Meaning, unless we check those pre-recorded voices, the bullshit, the lies, you know, my dad, those fucking teachers in those shitty, mediocre schools, unless I take those subconscious thoughts that say, you're no good, you'll never make it, you don't deserve to have money, we didn't have money, why do you have money, right? Unless I can make them conscious and go, I see you, what the fuck do you want? Why are you here? Why are you keeping me small? I don't need this. Go, right? And see them as that fragile little bird that they are. So they don't direct our lives. Nobody should ever have that question, do I deserve to take up space? Nobody should ever have that. It's interesting that it's, it's these subconscious voices or these these hidden behaviors and sometimes they are hidden to us. Yeah, they're 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 deep and they're they're very hidden. And it's it's then how you surface those and how you become aware of those. And I'm you know it feels like the hard way is get out there, do shit, and you'll feel them straight away because they'll shout in your ear. Don't yeah. do that. Or you can you can try and look for them. And yeah. I'm curious in your own journey. At what path you took because we talk a lot about doing business from the inside out and part of that is understanding what you want to commit to understanding what it is you want for yourself but also a certain part of that is then understanding what's getting in your way yeah for me you know there's a push and pull and the push is creativity the push is i have something to say i say that all the time i have something to say fucking listen to me that's one of the first things i say when i get up on stage especially in some place like Barcelona where there's the, all these big agencies and they're, they're touting all their interesting work and their new AI and all this stuff. And I get up there and I wait till it's super quiet and I stand in the middle of the stage and I say, I have something to say. So that's the push is I have got something to say. You know my silly little scribble, scribbles, you know these drawings I make? These are fucking important. That's the push, you know? The pull is, the, uh, is, is, is who am I? The poll is like, is anybody going to really, you know, the poll is if they don't get, if it didn't, it didn't get, it only got 23 likes. Eh, eh. Am I wrong? Am I bad? Was it stupid? Did I, should I stop? Should I, right? It's constant. It's constant, baby. And it's constant for everybody. I would hate to be someone like Elon Musk, right? Having to deal with that shit all the time or run for office. You gotta be an idiot to run for office. You or sleep, gotta, sleeping in the office. <laughs> your, your job as a as a candidate is to stand there and be able to take a pie in the face every fucking day and smile. Like that didn't bother me. What a or to be an actor and having to like having people write about you and say you're too fat, you're too skinny, you're not pretty, you're ugly, you're this, you're that, you're not a good actor, you're like fuck, like Keanu Reeves. I remember when people all about Keanu Reeves, he couldn't act, and now he's like he's the fucking guy, right? Not a great actor, but he's like a fucking human being. 
You know, it's like it, I was I was on a podcast recently with this guy, uh, uh, Chris Doe, really amazing, wonderful guy. Mm. And he's he, he said he said, James, here's this funny thing about you. You're like one of those. He said a, 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 a Russian stacking doll. Right. You're a designer and then you're an artist and then you're a teacher and then you're uh, a guru and then you're a psychologist, <laughs> you know. And yeah, that's important because if we don't ask ourselves these questions, we don't get over those blocks. It It's 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 gonna it's gonna slow you down if not stop you completely i've got another name for you uh, oliver burton on the podcast a couple of weeks ago you know alan watts the kind of 60s philosopher oh yeah so you talked about Rumi and napoleon hill he called uh, alan watts called himself a spiritual entertainer <laughs> that's good there you, go. you can nick that one yeah i'm a yeah what did somebody say about me a stand-up therapist <laughs> that's awesome. pretty good stick that on linkedin that's pretty good I think that for me hits the nail on the head in terms of it, it is trying to help people understand themselves in order for them to create what they want to create. And and the process that I'm hearing that you're inviting people to do is through the act of creativity, through putting stuff into the world, seeing mm -hmm. what comes back. And then there's a question here of having the resilience to keep going. Continuity, continuing, um, consistency. Yeah, that's where most people fall off. Mm. Even I, even I. Oh, it didn't work. Let's do something else. Consistency. Consistency. Love, attention, and consistency. Those are the things. Love what you do so fucking much that you're not going to listen to the fear. You're not going to listen to the stupid-ass haters, of which they will they will diminish, you know? So you love it so much that that's going to, you know, um, um, the push is going to be stronger. It's like a fireman. A fireman rushes into a fucking burning building because he loves his job. It's not because he's afraid of fire. Like, he is afraid of fire, duh. But he got so good at understanding fire, the fear, that he can keep going. Mm. I'm going to write that down. That was pretty good. <laughs> that, that, that was your motherfucker moment, I think. The that, was awesome. that was the That was it. That's the, that's the clip for Instagram, isn't it? Right um, um, so love, not like woo-woo, airy-fairy mm. love, fuck that shit. No fucking rainbows or unicorns right now. I do love them, but not right now. Pay, and then attention. Pay attention, practice, schedule, discipline, an hour a day, more if you can. You know, my I've got a super fucking tight, busy day today. And I'm like, I was talking to, to Shannon before she left, and I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to go to the gym. She's like, go to the gym. Go to the gym. You need the gym. I'm like, okay, I'll go. Because I was trying to get out of it. But it's good for my body, good for my brain. It gets the, you know, gets the bad chemicals out. So attention, pay attention. Do all those things you got to do. I got to learn a new program. Okay, you're not an idiot. You can learn it. Let's go. So love, attention, and everybody falls off with consistency. Keep going. Just keep going. The word faith comes to mind when you say that. Sure. Because we don't know. And for me, that's the crux of faith is that there's not a certainty, but the there's future a belief, is uncertain. Which, which I think links for me to this question of safety and discomfort. It's mm -hmm. like if we can accept that we can never predict, then yeah. that's also part of accepting that we'll never know if we're going to be safe. Yeah. Yeah. Be, 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 you know, I found, I sound like another, another Buddhist, uh, Pema Chodron, right? Uh, be, be, comfortable with uncertainty that's the title of one of her book you know be comfortable with uncertainty and that's the i think that that for me for many people that's 
the crux is that it's so linked certainty is so linked to safety yes and and removing this need or this feeling that as you said, we all need safety, but somehow some of us are able to feel safe despite the uncertainty. I have gotten comfortable with uncertainty. Hmm. I have taken and will continue to take um, huge risks uh, because I have faith in that what I'm doing is right, that I'm, tr- that I'm doing the best I can. I'm not trying to dupe anybody. I'm just trying to do good work, trying to be a good dad. Uh, and yes, I have to have massive amounts of faith. So the you know we have to we have to we have to we have to redirect our faith and take it off of our things and our and our and our comfortable sectional couch across from our big huge TV and put it in ourselves. I rely um, on me. You, know, you you know all I need. Hmm. It's all I need. Yeah. But with that, I'm guessing the cost of not doing it is worse than the cost of doing it. For you. Oh, the cost of the cost of not doing it is waking up and going, "Am I allowed to take up space?" Mm. And that question will continue if you don't move on it. It will continue. I don't give a fuck what kind of money you're making at your crappy job, right? Uh, it will continue. It will. It will. It will haunt you. For some reason, the question like, "Am I winning?" is bringing to mind, and this idea of like, I get to the end of life. And winning means this. And there's a definition that's created that maybe has been inherited. And what I'm hearing you talk is like, you have your own definition of winning. And that isn't winning at the end, it's winning right now. Yeah, today, now. I mean, you know, I look at, I look at, there are a bunch of artists that I look at that I, you know, contemporaries. And I'm like, I try not to look at their work and go, oh, God, God, he's just doing, pooping out another book. And he's got another series of paintings. And I'm like, oh, and I suck. That's just death. What is it? What did, what did uh, Eleanor, Eleanor Roosevelt said, right? Comparison is the thief of joy, right? Um, no, that's, there, there's no winning. I'm not winning. I'm not winning. I just, I'm, I have to wake up and I have to wake up every day and beat myself. That's it. You know, my, 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 um, I got here, check this out. There's two, two times in the morning when I get up, 3.30 and 4.40. Wow. I I set the clock for there are some mornings that I wake up but before I went to bed last night I said darling I've got to write this thing and I got to take care of this and I got to take care of this and then I'm on a podcast and then I'm at the gym and then I got a meeting after the gym and then I got to pick up the kids so I'm going to be waking up very early tomorrow so I'm going to go sleep in the guest room so I don't wake you up <laughs> and I set a little coffee I got my coffee ready the, the night before and I mm-hmm. went and I slept alone so my alarm can go off, and at four forty by five o'clock, I'm sitting there going tick 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 tick, tick typing mm. and writing because that's my commitment. I but, but do I want to get up at four forty in the morning? Do I want to sleep away from my wife? No, mm. I don't. But that's one of the, one of the things that I need to do in order to get my work done, in order to be a good parent, in order to be a good you know my kids. I was and and because like by six thirty they're up. I got two little kids that are up. So that's actually only an hour and a half that I get. So how do you correlate that? Because we, I mean, I find this all the time, but like you say in the book, like the, I think something like the number number one rule of business is fun, something like that. Is that right? I yeah. Think, which we've always said that one of our core values is this. Um, how do you correlate that with the 4.30 a.m. 
struggle because that's part of this gig too right so oh you know if <clears throat> but when i get up you know it's the struggle is to not go back to bed what's marcus aurelius's book called um meditations meditations it's out of meditations yeah. what do i what was i put you know when you wake up in the morning and you're like cozy in bed and the alarm went off at way too early um the birds aren't even singing yet it's like why was i put here was i put here to be comfortable and cozy mm -hmm. in bed or was i put here to make work and put out words that move people's lives that change people's lives and then lawrence when i'm up and when i got my and i got my coffee so i got my my nicey nicey little comfort <laughs> thing and i brought up a little uh, two little macaroons so i could have like <laughs> a little like an you know i try to make it a nice place and then what i do when i sit down is i have to play i have to play i had written i'd spent uh two or three hours yesterday writing all this stuff trying to trying to write a simple newsletter and fill out like my, my story brand and follow Donald Miller and follow like what's how Steve Jobs structures a story and follow, you know, I'm like writing all that. And it was just work felt like work. And I woke up today and I'm like, you know what, this is, that was bullshit. How do I play with it? How do I just say, you know what, this is who I am. Let's talk like this. Mm -hmm. So yes, um, you don't want it to be a 5am struggle. You want no. to you want to you want to wake up and have play. But it goes okay. back to what you said. Just it's like the Stephen Pressfield thing, right? Just being a pro. This is being a pro. It feels like for you. A big difference for me is someone else telling you to wake up four thirty versus you Ooh. telling yourself <laughs> to wake up at four thirty. Yeah, that would suck. And this is like uh, again, your it's your choice. Four thirty. For some, it's ten a.m. Because they're doing something else at four thirty, or then well, they, they, they're up too late. Yeah, yeah. But there's something around your. You have a, made a commitment, and you have these constraints. I'll call them constraints. Children, family life, other factors that you're trying. You you painted this picture of success for you, and in order to create that picture, there are commitments you're making, which aren't necessarily painful or hard because they're your choice. Correct. And so there's something for me around you know when we say i'm going to take up space it's me shaped space because this is how i'm going to do it and this is why i'm going to do it and whether it needs to be fun or easeful or a little bit of struggle mm -hmm. but ultimately you're committed to taking up that space yeah you know when i was when i was writing uh feck i uh, uh nova wasn't born yet wyatt was really small and i would go out on the porch to be out of the house and I had a little camping coffee maker so I could have my little nicey thing and be comfortable. And But I would sit out on the porch in the dark with, you know, bugs going everywhere and the birds aren't up yet. And I'm writing and, oh, my God, the subconscious, those fucking voices were brutal, brutal. Designers in New York, who do you think you are? You're not a writer. You know, my father, like, are you going to say that out loud? Really? In a book? You're going to really? right it was just crazy so you know there are costs there are there there there's a constant battle there's a constant you know the subconscious wants to piss on your efforts it's part of the game it's part of the game the whole thing's a game and if it's not a fun game then you lose hmm. if you're concerned about winning then you lose hmm. if you want to be fun and flippant and 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 put out groovy work and say you know, it's hard for me to kind of sit back and go, yeah, 
I'm James Victoria. I did that. Yeah. Okay. Pretty good. Right. Like, you know, look at me, look at me, look at I can do, you know, it, it's not always easy. You know, I'm not a big fan of publishing the F word and it's not actually the F word. Cause it says underneath here in small letters, it says, this is a test. So if it's the F word for you, then you failed. Go feel yourself. Um, yeah. <laughs> I have this image of you on the porch, bugs around tapping away voices in the back of your head but then there was a clear voice that you were trying to put out there which was yours me what thoughts would you give those who are still trying to find their own voice follow my podcast buy my born creative course and 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 you know see other see see other people struggling to get their voice you know it's like people say how do i find my voice i'm like listen it's not you didn't leave it in a drawer it's not in your other pants you're just not listening to it you're just not practiced at listening to it. You know when you were using it. It's just it's 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 when you were ignoring your mother's voice. You were born with it. It's your opinion. It's how you think and feel about things. It's how you see things, how you see the world. You know, even when I was a kid, I knew that I kind of saw things different. You know, my dad, my dad was in the military, I think I mentioned, and um I would go to the go to the base. They would he would take me on the base and uh we go through the barracks or we go through, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, the officer's quarters. And and I would walk around going, I will never join the military because this place is ugly. <laughs> <laughs> these heavy metal wooden desks and the or metal desks and these wooden ugly chairs and the shitty frames on very cool posters, but shitty frames. And it's just like the whole place was like, ooh, you work here? Where's the macaroons? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we oh, final question. Have you always been comfortable in your own skin? Like no, I'm not age? comfortable in my own skin right now, Lawrence. You seem like you are. You're very right, good at yeah, acting. Yeah, I know. That's it's called it's called courage, and you don't need it all the time. You don't walk around brave all the time. It comes in doses. That's all. Mm-hmm. Like you, you know, like people say, like, how do I have courage? Listen, in in twenty second spurts, in an hour long thing. You know, you've asked me a bunch of questions where I could totally cower and totally go, you know what? You're right. It's really fucking hard. That Take up too much you know, space. I, I, was asked, I was asked on stage once at a university, so it <laughs> makes sense. I gave this beautiful hour-long talk, and, and then, you know, there was a question in the back, and it was this little girl, and she said, she said, you know, Mr. Victoria, like, how is it that you're so confident? And I said, I'm not. But if I gave that same exact speech that I gave lecture in a less confident manner, I would be of no service to you. I believe everything I've say, I'm saying. I believe these things, but they all come with work. You, you can't have courage if you're not scared. Yeah, a brave and scared shitless at the same time. Like there's these two generals on the on the top of their horses on the on a hillside, and they're gonna they're looking down at the battlefield, and they're gonna have to go in and they're gonna have to like bring their troops down into the battlefield, and they're outnumbered, clearly. And this one general says to his second, he says, "Lieutenant, bring me my red vest." And the lieutenant takes off. The other general says, "Sir, why do you why do you ask for your red vest?" He says, "This way, in case." In case I'm wounded in battle, my my men won't see me bleeding, and they'll follow me. And the other general looks to his aide, and he says, Lieutenant, bring me my brown pants. 
you can't follow that. Thank you so much, James. Um, awesome. Really grateful for your energy, your wisdom, your spiritual entertainment. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have a final question for you, but before yeah. that, Lawrence, um, what are you taking away from this conversation? <clears throat> that we can all pretend to be who you want to be. I think you said that in the book, and I took that from it. Um, and I think the main thing is just having something to say. Like, we've all got something to say, and just go say it. So uh, this is a question for the Insta posts. Um, I'd, I'd love to hear from you, James, three things that you believe to be true, just veritable truths of life for you. Um, that I'm really fucking good at what I do. And I enjoy it that people do want to hear from me. That's hard to understand that there is an audience and that I am completely capable of helping people do whatever they want. I've helped people, you know, literally make more money, get better jobs, become more creative. I've done that. It's really hard for me to brag on those points, especially the money point, you know, but I'm really good at that stuff. And I, if I cower from that, then I'm of no use to anybody hmm. not even my children well we will be sharing links to your work your podcast i, I want to I highly suggest people sign up for the right questions our weekly yeah. podcast super important i have valued very much the vulnerability and confidence that you've been sharing today thank you and i'm hoping it's uh, an inspiration uh, and encouragement for those listening to have the courage to do courage. and be and take up the space yeah, lots of it. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Happy Entrepreneur Podcast. To hear more inspiring conversations like this, follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Just search for the Happy Entrepreneur. In March, we'll be launching Tribe 7 of our Vision 2020 program. If you're at a point in your career or entrepreneurial journey where you're asking yourself, what next? and you need the clarity and confidence to make some bold decisions about a new direction, then this program is for you. We'll help you define what success really means to you, understand the impact that is yours to make, make sure your mission is both energetically and financially sustainable, and also learn how to build a supportive community around yourself. We want people who are driven to do good in the world and are tired of trying to do it on their own. We'll share the key lessons we've learned while building the Happy Startup School and pivoting from the stressful peaks and troughs of agency life to a life of freedom, adventure, service and connection. We value learning, play and friendship and we'd like to help you discover the values and the work that align more to who you are. Don't struggle alone and don't get sidetracked by other people's measures of success. Discover for yourself what it means to create effortless impact. To apply for the next tribe, go to vision.happystartups.co. We look forward to hearing from you.